0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the e commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this award winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e commerce business. So, thank you very much for tuning in. In today's episode, we're getting deep into the world of shipping, fulfillment, pick, pack, and dispatch, 3PLs. Whatever you want to call it, that's what we're talking about. And we are looking at how you can turn all that back-end stuff into a competitive advantage, both to help you get repeat purchases and first-time purchases. So lots coming up in here. And I know often you know you think kind of the parcel not as a marketing method. In my mind, it has a lot of marketing potential and that's what we're going to be running through for you today. Before we get into that though, please do check out our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com/masterplan. That's k l a v i y o.com/ Master Plan. ShipBob is a 3PL that offers fulfilment solutions for over 5,000 fast-growing online brands. With ShipBob, you can split inventory across multiple locations in the US, Canada, UK and EU to reduce shipping costs, speed up transit times and enable consistent and reliable fulfilment no matter where your customers are located. By partnering with ShipBob, e-commerce master plan listeners get $500 in free shipping credits at shipbob.com forward slash master plan. That's S-H-I-P-B obcom forward slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Drew Saxena is the co-founder at ShipBob, a tech-first 3PL whose latest round of funding has valued them at over $1 dollars Billion dollars. They have over twenty-four fulfillment centers throughout the USA, UK, and Australia, and with plans to open another thirty-five this year. I am amazed and very grateful that Drew has time to come and chat with us. Hello, Drew.
1: Hey, good on. Good morning, Chloe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this podcast.
0: It's great to have you on here. I'm a little bit of a fulfillment geek. I do like talking fulfillment. So, it's it's good to have the excuse to do it today. Um, how did you get into e-commerce?
1: Well, before uh, Bob, both me and my co-founder, Dewey, we were running an e-commerce business for ourselves. And so, we both are engineering graduates. And so, after we graduated from our undergrad Uh, we came to Chicago and we were working our full-time jobs. And on the side, we were running this e-commerce business. And being engineers, we had everything automated in this business except the part around shipping and logistics. And so we would run to the post office here in Chicago downtown and wait and stand in the lines to mail out our packages. Our our managers at our full-time jobs realized that we were spending a lot more time at the post office (laughs) than actually at our job. And so we tried to figure out how do other e-commerce businesses automate their shipping and logistics and quickly realized that there wasn't really a great solution built for small to medium sized businesses like if you're a large business owner. You can go to a 3PL and they'll gladly take your business because you will generate so much revenue for them. But if you're a small business owner, there wasn't really a real option for you. And that's how we decided to start ShipBall effectively to solve our own pain point. And that process realized it's a larger, large enough pain point to solve for other businesses as well.
0: It's kind of mad how long it's taken for the fulfillment industry to find a way to service the smaller client. Because nobody wants to have to move fulfillment center. So if you get someone early, then the chances are they're going to stay with you and they're going to be a better place to grow because they're not spending their time picking and packing boxes and standing in queues at the post office.
1: Totally. You know, I think that is one of the, uh, from the outside in, when we talk to other folks, that's the one piece that they don't really Realize that quickly that Shibbob's growth is accumulation of two factors. One is of course we have new merchants coming on board and joining the Shibbob platform. But the second, more interesting piece of it is that our existing merchants, merchants who are on Shibbob, actually grow a lot faster than an average e-commerce business might be. And so for Shibbob to grow, of course, we constantly have new merchants join us, but our existing merchants actually make up a large portion of our growth as well. And so that, you know, that makes our interest very much aligned that, hey, when we bring merchants on board, we got to do everything to help them be successful because they indirectly will contribute to our growth.
0: Yeah, and it, it's the other reason it surprises me that it it took so long for fulfillment to adapt to the smaller player is that to my fairly understanding of this area, but not completely understanding of this area eyes, it seems like an area which it should be pretty straightforward to automate a lot of the workload, you know, the parceling of data backwards and forwards and and everything else, it seems, which is the way of making money on smaller retailers after all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so I think the big change, which is the reason why logistics hasn't been automated is because the growth of these platforms like Shopify and WooCommerce, et cetera, made it extremely simple for any person to start an online business. So the barriers to online e-commerce entrepreneurship really got lowered as an outcome of Shopify, etc. Otherwise, you know, seven years ago you and me, we would have to hire engineers to build out our shopping cart. And so as a outcome of these platforms coming on board more and more people started participating in building e-commerce presence for themselves and to the avenue for uh, these brands to find an online audience through instagram facebook snapchat etc simply did not exist 7 years ago and now you know i can i don't have to be a marketer genius to figure out how do i find customers i can go online and the tools are there and so the largest growth in e-commerce space has been in the small to mid-sized uh, area and and logistics happens after these businesses get formed and find an audience that they need help on shipping and fulfillment so i think logistics is slightly you know behind there and that's got, that gave us an opportunity to get started but hopefully we'll see a lot more companies participating in the downstream ecosystem once you know direct to consumer becomes more and more mainstream
0: Excellent. Okay. Well, we're we're here to help the listeners work out uh, and to understand and to realise that their shipping can be a competitive advantage, because clearly you and your team are working with a lot of retailers to do just that. So, what's the first thing that shipping that that our kind of our shipping strategy, I suppose, can do to help us overtake our competitors?
1: The one thing that I see often with uh, shipping is that you know on the checkout page, having time-definite shipping windows uh, really helps increase or reduce the number of abandoned carts. And so most customers, uh, their step one to reduce abandoned carts is to offer promotional discounts. But I think uh, offering time-definite, when will this product actually get delivered to your doorstep, can have a pretty dramatic impact and and so when we talk to our merchants who are not using shipbob you know our, our step number 1 is always like to see a simple increase in your conversion rates just replace those standard shipping with more, you know, standard shipping will get delivered in five days, or have two-day shipping, or a three-day diff- shipping. So that way, as a consumer, I know when this product will get delivered. Because I, as a consumer, am also used to buying stuff on Amazon.com. On Amazon.com, I get a completely different experience. So as a as a customer on a e-commerce brand's website, after do two different things one i have to agree to pay for shipping because most of these brands today charge the consumer for shipping and two i have to be okay with not knowing when this product will arrive and if merchants can you know uh, sort of uh, chip away at these two objections uh, which is reduce the price of shipping and offer time definite shipping options i think that can have a pretty dramatic impact on you know on your conversions which hopefully Um, you know, help you think that shipping and supply chain is more than just a cost center.
0: So we can do a really simple one, which is change text on the page to say standard shipping arrives in five working days. But presumably, once we've got everything integrated, it can get to the level of precision that Amazon can give us. As the example you've already stated um, of go for Express and it will be with you tomorrow, or it will be with you on the 15th or the 16th.
1: That's right. That's right. And the piece, you know, that I think to figure out is um, or the question to ask is like, uh, how does an Amazon or a Walmart offer these two day, next day, three day shipping without having the customer pay for it? Uh, and one of the tricks that they've done is that they've aggregated all of this consumer data and they've used that data to then take the inventory in their network and strategically place it close to the end consumer such that when I buy something from Amazon and I'm in the Chicago neighborhood, that particular order most likely is not getting shipped from California. It is getting shipped from the Midwest Amazon location. And so as an e-commerce brand owner, if I had access to my consumer data Uh, which I do, right? Uh, And I can figure out where are my consumers located and which parts of the country, at least in the U.S., are generating more demand and more traffic. I can then replicate the Amazon strategy for myself by taking my inventory and distributing it across the network of fulfillment centers that Shibbob has, and then provide my customers a time-definite two-day, three-day shipping window at a price point which is matches my standard shipping option because now all these packages are arriving to the customer without having being shipped UPS today or FedEx overnight.
0: Yeah. And as as listeners will probably know, I'm a big fan of outsourcing your shipping activity. And what you've just outlined is one of the reasons why outsourcing your fulfilment pays off. Because as a small retailer, you don't have the time or effort to organise relationships with warehouses in different parts of the country or even different countries. But if you pick the right fulfilment provider, that is just part of what you get. One of the other things which um, I know some people will be thinking about who are doing their own shipping is... When you're trying to put those those dates on the order comfort on the you know in the checkout process, you're going oh, but Gary doesn't work on Saturdays, okay. so it's like <laughs> right. So so the, so it doesn't become standard delivery is five working days. It's standard delivery five working days unless you order after four pm on a Friday because Gary probably therefore won't pack it till Monday. So then it's probably five days after that. And it's like it's so complicated. Whereas if you are outsourcing fulfillment to a three PL, they are picking and packing certainly seven days a week, quite possibly 24-7 for you. So, you don't have to factor in how long does it take on any given day and any given week to get through the warehouse? Because apart from Black Friday, it's pretty much continuous.
1: Totally. Absolutely. Well stated, Chloe. And I'll give you one more reason, I think going back to your question on as a brand owner, how do I think of shipping um, um, as a cost center or not? And so, the analogy I often use is, you know, Ten years ago if you were starting a business um you would end up buying all the laptops and the servers to build your own data center and using aws uh, or windows azure or google cloud was simply not an option right it was a a non-default thing for you to do but the reason why these this aws for example exists because now as a business owner i can use aws or windows azure as a cloud provider and suddenly all of my fixed costs in my business become variable costs because I only pay AWS on a per usage basis and I can scale up and down without having to you know, buy all the racks and the computers up front. And suddenly, so suddenly the way to run my business is all variable cost as a because I'm no longer investing in building my own data centers, which is a very profitable way of thinking because you don't have to make all these upfront investments on day one when you may not have had product market fit. Very similar to outsourcing fulfillment is as your business is growing, why would you want to invest in fixed costs of rent and labor and management and stitching all these software solutions together when you can outsource fulfillment and make it a variable part of your business equation where you pay per use? And the product of fulfillment actually keeps getting better every day, every week as the fulfillment provider makes changes to its software and is always trying to get better so you get access to one variable cost pricing where you only pay per use uh, right so it's not fixed cost and two the product you get access to these free upgrades as shibob is opening up more locations domestic and international or adding more visibility around inventory tracking order management you're getting an upgraded product without having to spend any more of your time and resources and figuring that out so outsourcing fulfillment, I would think, you know, should follow the same trajectory as some of these cloud providers did, where now, if you were opening your own data center, that would be like the non-obvious way of scaling your business.
0: Yeah. And I think it, it it's worth kind of majoring there as well on the, not just the cost side of it, but the time side of it and the management brain power side of it, you know, because the number of retailers I've spoken to over the years who are going, well, we're a little bit you know bursting at the seams in this location but we've got another 5 years on the lease and it's going to cost x to get out of the lease and then we can't yet work out if we're then going to get an office and a warehouse and then how big it should be cuz do we buy it for, you know it, it just becomes this endless stream of unanswerable questions which can all be solved in one decision Totally. Which is to, to outsource to a 3PL in case anyone's wondering what that
1: one decision <laughs> is. <laughs> Who's right. And so. then hold your 3PL to a higher standard because they're a service provider for you more at a you know, higher standard than what you can hold your own employee to because you have emotional connections and times and you don't want to uh, let Gary know that he did not show up on Monday. And so, you know, that's a problem. But here, the fulfillment provider, if they don't hit your standards, then you can fire them much easier than you can fire an employee.
0: Oh, well, exactly. Um, I guess I guess Drew's just given you all permission to shout at your ship bob <laughs> contacts there, <laughs> which, I, which I'm not sure they're going to thank him for, but I suspect they're doing a good, a good job for you, so you're not having to get angry with them. Um, okay, so we've talked from the, the shipping competitive advantage, both about the new custom acquisition side of improving that checkout process. Presumably there's quite a lot in terms of repeat purchase, and getting that we can get by using all that a 3PL offers us in order to make that first purchase experience better so we get the second purchase.
1: Post purchase for, for our e commerce brands, I think I'll, I'll, I'll add two uh, pieces to it. One is for these direct to consumer brands, um, You know that unboxing experience really matters. And so, large amount of our merchants actually. Uh, provide us with custom boxes, which is representative of the brand and the you know ethos of the products that they're selling. Whether that's eco-friendly or the mailers that they're using represents their brand logos, etc. So that is something which is very unique. As soon as Shibbob or Three uh, Pill should ship that package out, that tracking number, which is generated to track that package gets uploaded back to the Shopify or to the e-commerce store, which triggers an email to the end customer saying that this package is en route. And the carriers that Shibbob uses, you know, then are sort of, you can trace the tracking on the particular carrier's uh, website as well. And so the first, and so every step of the way that there's a update event, uh, you can trigger or merchants trigger Either email or text alerts to their customers saying that this package is en route. The advantage, uh, one of the things that I did mention, which is pretty interesting here, is uh, because uh, Shibab runs, you know, our own warehouse management software inside the fulfillment center. We have events around an order has been picked by Joe, an order has been packaged, an order has been labeled, it is on the dock, it is waiting for a truck. So the post-purchase consumer experience, a brand can really customize it all the way from the order was placed on the website to the order was picked, packed, you know, whatever uh, information you want to give out to the customer so that the customer is not left in a black hole that they don't, till the time the order is actually delivered at the doorstep, they don't know what's going on. And so it's the best brands that we have, have really thought through this post-purchase consumer experience and provide their customers with a full life cycle of the package from inside the warehouse activities to what is happening you know, at the carriers piece of it and then if the customer doesn't receive the package then you know they of course can get in touch with the customer agent on the brand side and the customer agent on the brand side again can log on to the shibab merchant application and they can see all of those events re- tracing the all of the touch points that that package had for within shibab and also on the carrier's page and so it should make the life of you as a brand owner to answer those most common questions around where is my package, when will it get delivered by either triggering those emails in an automated fashion or having access to a merchant application where you can search and get all this information.
0: What I absolutely love about your answer there, Dave, is that the kind of the number one or the only vaguely valid excuse for not outsourcing your fulfillment is lack of personalization either in the box and the package itself or in the information that then gets sent out to the customer that post purchase experience and i think you just thoroughly demonstrated that that is is not the case and actually potentially it's going to become more personalized because i don't know many in house pick pack systems that tell you who actually packaged the parcel in a format that you can just insert it into an automated email so that's very cool um something else we we ought to talk about because we're talking shipping is free. Should we be doing free shipping? Should we not be doing free shipping? Your thoughts, please, sir.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think there, we, there is a correlation between uh, free shipping and and more conversions from, you know, add to cart to checkout. And so, um, so if if your gm if your merchandise value allows you to offer free shipping then i think the consumers in the us are have been somewhat trained not to pay for shipping and so that it's a experiment worth conducting but it is only a valid experiment if you actually make money on that transaction from a cost of acquisition perspective and so Uh, the way some merchants do it, if their merchandise value does not allow them to offer free shipping is to offer free shipping for above a certain threshold or offer free shipping on bundled items where now, you know, that bundle is priced at a price point, which allows that free shipping uh, to happen. Uh, But I think for every brand, that's an experiment that they should conduct. But I think overall, if there was a magic wand and and, con- and if you did a survey of consumers, I think most consumers will say that the re- one of the reasons why they abandon cards is because they don't want to pay for shipping.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've seen a single survey in the whole 20 years I've been in e-commerce that didn't have cost of shipping. Uh, in, in any different country either, I would add, that didn't have cost of shipping as one of the top three reasons why a consumer didn't purchase. It's not it's not gone away in twenty years, so I don't think yeah. it's going away <laughs> anywhere soon. Right, Andrew, we've talked about what we can do now with shipping um, to to improve both our first-time purchasing and our repeat purchases. But I'd I'd be remiss if, with with you on the show, I didn't ask you what's what's coming up in the world of fulfillment. What should we be putting on our plans for the rest of twenty twenty one and going beyond that?
1: I think the basis for us to start shipbob. Um, And generally, which I think are the ground truths in shipping and fulfillment, is that consumers will always want their products that they buy online to arrive sooner and and for cheaper or for free. So it's very unlikely in the next five, 10 years, we will want our online purchases to be slower, that I actually don't want it in two days, I want it in 10 days, or I want to pay more for shipping, not less. So. So that's what I think majority of our strategy is focused on is how do we take costs out of the supply chain so that we can offer better pricing to our merchants, which indirectly means that they can offer better price points to the consumers or they can absorb shipping costs. Or And two, how can we make it faster? And so, you know, in your opening, you mentioned about us opening up more locations. That is uh, sort of our viewpoint on how do we enable faster shipping for cheaper rates by opening up more locations, which allows our merchants to then have more locations that they can distribute their inventory to, which allows their consumers to get their packages for sooner and for cheaper. And the second piece uh, is around customization, which is as an e-commerce brand owner, you want that box or your supply chain to reflect who you are as a brand. And so your ability to customize the box, whether it's custom, boxes, custom mailers, or having marketing collateral or having some other customized collateral, which is reflective of a customer's first order or the second order or the hundred order. Like those are areas which will allow a brand to differentiate why consumers, you know, should buy from them directly versus buying from an aggregator like an Amazon or a, or a Walmart. So I think, you know, focus on faster and cheaper fulfillment And newer creative ways to customize your e-commerce supply chain are going to be two big areas uh, that we think are going to be areas for us to focus on.
0: E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, Platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Are you struggling to keep up with growing order volumes, leading to mispicks and slow dispatch times? Save time, money and headaches by outsourcing it all to the experts at ShipBob. ShipBob is a premium 3PL who partner with thousands of brands in a wide range of industries and have a 99.95% accuracy rate in fulfilling orders on time. Optimise your fulfilment strategy with ShipBob and get $500 in free shipping credits. Find out more at shipbob.com forward slash plan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Drew, are you ready for the top tips? Let's do it. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
1: The book that had a dramatic impact to how I think of Shibab and how I manage my time was High Output Management by Andy Grove. Uh, Andy Grove was, uh, was the CEO of Intel, and he literally wrote a handbook of sorts on how to manage people and how to manage business. I would That's a definite recommend.
0: I think that's the first time that one's been mentioned on the podcast. So I'm going to have to go and check that one out too. Um, Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
1: I think for, and having done this at Shibbob, I think the one thing which we often don't articulate enough is how relevant is organic marketing. And so uh, writing these thought pieces, uh, trying to um, help uh, your customers by by talking and writing about areas uh, which are relevant for them. It takes a long time for you to build SEO credibility, but once you have it, then it's very hard for somebody else to displace you. And so a lot of brands focus on paid advertising, but I think less so on organic marketing and being really, really good at SEO and thought articles. I think that's the piece that I would encourage everyone to think through because that's, a, that's the cheapest way over a longer period period to build a build a strong business
0: nice okay the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day
1: um i would say we we do write a lot and so we use jira internally and and so one of the things i've realized is like you know like if the culture of writing is extremely important because when you write a new idea or when you're forced to write something before presenting it to others, it forces you to think more clearly. And then individuals, everyone can read that article that you've written. And then in the meeting, instead of you going over a PowerPoint slide, you can then, everyone can just ask you questions based on their understanding of the written material. And so I think we use another tool called Loom, L-O-O-M, loom.com. Which allows you to quickly, you know, voice over your written article, and so everyone then pre-watches the Loom or watches the Loom in the first ten minutes of the meeting, and then the entire rest of the meeting is more about questions, uh, Q and A, instead of the narrator sort of repeating everything that they've already mentioned.
0: Oh, I like that. So we got Loom, L O O M dot com, and what was the uh, the first one?
1: Uh, Jira, J I R A. It's a Confluence uh
0: Very nice. Okay, cool. Some nice asynchronous uh, potential there. One of my buzzwords of 2020 (laughs) slash 2021. Um, Apparently, I I can't believe I didn't know synchronous and asynchronous before, but totally on board with those concepts now. But anyway, I digress (laughs) massively. Um, Let's do the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them?
1: have a way for those hundred orders a month, have a very clear sense of what your cost of acquisition is and what is the potential lifetime value of the customer. Because if you realize, you know, if you have a clear sense of what your cost of acquisition is, then it's easy for you to deploy more capital in helping you scale from hundred to a thousand orders a month. But if you, are not quite sure of whether you're acquiring these customers or the cost of acquisition of these customers is too high, then you will end up burning a lot of capital in scaling that business out. So having a really, really good measure of the unit economics of a customer will help you responsibly scale from 100 orders to 1000 orders. And then, you know, it's then it's a function of time uh, because you know if every customer is profitable, if you get a 1,000 customers, even if it costs you a little bit of money, they'll, you'll end up building a profitable business, which is the goal for any brand owner. So just having a clear idea on your cost of acquisition and lifetime value, I think, uh, should be a focus area.
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Drew. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please?
1: Yep. Uh, So our website is www.shipbob.com. Our Twitter handle is shipbob as well, S-H-I-P-B-O-B. And if any of your listeners want to send me a note or have a question, they can always email me. My email is Dhruv, D-H-R-U-V, at shipbob.com.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much. Um... And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. As I said, I love talking a little bit of fulfillment every now and then. And I hope we've inspired a few more retailers to stop doing their picking and packing, which in many ways, I shouldn't be inspiring you guys to do that because I know some of you listen whilst you're doing it. So I'm kind of <laughs> encouraging you to stop doing the activity you listen by, but hopefully you'll still find a time to listen even whilst you've outsourced. So, Dave, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with
1: you. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Chloe.
0: Some great insight there from Dhruv on how to, well, one, why you should be outsourcing your fulfilment if you're not already, and the sort of things you should be expecting from a fulfilment company, a 3PL, that you are using to help you improve your marketing, to help you improve your customer relations, and to get those parcels right, courier prices right, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So, if you're not getting that at the moment, time to start asking those questions, I think, and find out why not. And if you're on the verge of considering outsourcing all of that stuff, I highly recommend it because it frees up your brain and your activity to do things which will help you grow your business whilst putting that all important part of the business in very safe hands, whoever it is you choose to do that with. Now you can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including those top tips and links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you could also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many other things I share to help you improve your business. Now, if you're wondering what on earth I was waffling on about with asynchronous and synchronous comms, that comes from a podcast I did earlier this year with Shauna Morn, who is amazing at remote working tips, and she shared some great advice. And if you are loving uh, Drew's tip about creating content and putting it on other people's sites, we did a really interesting episode with Rand Fishkin, formerly at Moz.com, now a Spark Toro, talking about how to find the right places to put your content on. Both of those were on our sister podcast, Keep Optimising, so I will put links to them um, on the show notes page for this episode, which again, you can find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast and click on the all episodes link and you'll find this one. Well, look, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the eCommerce Master Plan podcast. I hope, like all of them, it helps and inspires you to succeed and thrive with your business. And that's why I produce the whole thing. So please do spread the word to anyone else you think this episode could help. For now, though, have a great week and do not forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the eCommerce Master Plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com dot slash podcast.